conversations with canaries. Whatever happened to Bernie and Derry? Where the f he? Howard Ross achieved peace in our time. And who would he choose if I decide? Five times. We're not the doves. We're not the doves. We're not geese. We're the canaries. For the next 40 minutes of your life. Here's George and Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of Conversations with Canaries. I'm George and I'm here with Reese. Reese, how are you? Good day, mate. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, and we're here with the man who features in the theme song, one Michael Case. Casey, how are you, mate? Gentlemen, thank you for uh, having me on. Thank you for even rolling up to my house thank to you. record the podcast. Thank that you is for host- Thank you for hosting. A bit of a um, different uh, setup for us today. I have noticed. I have noticed. Uh, so the missing man is Cutsy. What's happened there? Cutsy's uh, he's been cut. No, no, he's um, Cutsy's a busy man, and Steve Mann was lovely enough to buy us some new uh, podcast gear um, to help us when Cutsy's unavailable due to coaching commitments with Adelaide Victory. Um, this is all a cover up. We investigated him for corruption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. Hi, Cac. Nah. Yeah. No, nah, Cutsy will still be around, um, but yeah, it just helps us um, get a few more done when he's uh, when he's unavailable due to his coaching commitments. Yeah, it also means we can have the setup uh, in the club rooms. Yeah, so we can nick people for a special comment here and there. Reward for effort as yeah. well, guys. I think you deserve it. Deserve your own kit after a couple of good Thank seasons you. worth of podcasting. Uh, that's been two years now, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. So. Yeah, dare I say next year we'll, we'll, the uh, show will become yeah. a lot more frequent. But yeah, Cutsy's playing next year anyway, so. <laughs> you heard, I've got some news on that too of someone else who might be playing next year. But uh, no, to be fair, Cutsy probably holding you back. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. No, I'm actually sad he's not here. I would have loved having him on as well. Uh, he uh, is, is obviously a quality human and not many people know he won the Remo Paris Award mm. for, for service to, to United uh, and Remo was one of my coaches at Adelaide City and to this oh, day true. still probably one of my all-time favourite coaches and uh, an absolute legend of football in SA. So anyone who's won an award named after him is a hero and we all know that's exactly what Cutsy is. Selfless man. Mm. Selfless Absolutely. Man. All right, a few formalities. Um, quick reminder, if you haven't got your end-of-season dinner ticket already, the clock is ticking, um, October 30th, and we want to make sure everyone has a great night. So, yep, it will be a great night as well, um, as they always are. Ross Callow called him the best nights of his life. So, <laughs> um, And just another reminder to everybody to make sure you're creating content for the end-of-season dinner. And I know this year Steve Mann's really putting the foot down. I think it's uh, the Monday before is the hard deadline. Yeah, yeah. So you've really got to... Um, no more... Uh, no more Friday night... Um, uploads. Uploads onto the uh, onto the YouTube channel. Um, Daniel Fenton, we're, we're talking to you. <laughs> It'll be finished Saturday night, 6.59pm. <laughs> That's all right, as long as it's on there. Um, but, Reese, you do want to talk to us about our guest today? Absolutely. So we've obviously heard from him already, but he's a man who deserves a, a proper introduction. So we have Pembroke Old Scholars all-time goals and uh, games player. Uh, we also have four-time Division A1 champion, three-times Collegiate Cup winner, three Super League Cups, four Division A1 best and fairest, five Dave Barrett medals, one Golden Boot, one NASA award, a few Russell Shrails in the mix, He's recently called time on playing with the A's, scorer of the back post header, winner of penalties, father, Ironman, personal trainer, 
the man's so good, they named a medal after him. Welcome, Michael Case. Thank you, gents. That's a very kind intro. That is the longest one we've ever had by, <laughs> by a long, long way. Um, Casey, we, we, like this has been a long time in the making, this uh, podcast. I think many people have been asking for yours, but we we thought we'd wait until, you know, yeah, we, we did something this year. So that's why we're waiting for <laughs> you and Ross. Um, and we mentioned that you recently called time on... Um, play uh you call time on playing in the ace um but what does this actually mean there's been a few uh been a few questions from a few of the lads like are, are you done or are you really done yeah good question i you... got asked that too um yeah no first thanks for having me on i was a pretty big, big advocate for not being on the podcast <laughs> not having ross and myself on because uh, obviously we get enough air time at the club anyway over the last 20 plus years uh, and I've actually thoroughly enjoyed listening to other people who you might not ordinarily mm. hear from and I hope that that continues and that's the best part about this pod um, so I understand why you then had us on now after obviously winning an A grade title and then me calling time so your your question is, is a good one um, all it really was is 21 years of uh, playing A grade and 400, well not quite, I think it was 397 people were like, why didn't you play three more or something? I was like, because I'm, I'm done. Um, so yeah, body body's a bit knackered. I'm 40 next year and um, a, whole, a whole range of things. But the one thing for me, and I said this to the guys in the last week of the season when I told them what was happening, is that I didn't feel like I was needed anymore, which is brilliant. And I was so happy with that to just watch this beautiful squad that had been assembled and uh, a very, very talented squad um, and I might say more about that a bit later in the pod, but I, I just felt that I, I wasn't needed anymore. So let them uh, go away, win some more trophies, and I can um, slide down the grades and sort of pick and choose when I want to play. <laughs> Obviously, triathlon um, has been a big thing for me, and it's really hard. It, you know, you've got triathlon or running season or different things happening and still have to front up for soccer and get kicked every week uh, at training, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and in games. So it just means I can do that. But I, I've said I'll still have a cheeky, probably sit on the bench for the uh, for the Super Cup next year and probably a cup run like we used to do with guys like Don Mano. And, yeah, yeah. you know, if I'm ever required, I'll, I'll always uh, be there if, if needed, but I just don't don't think that's that's a, a, a realistic thing anymore. I don't think I'm needed. There's so many guys that could play in front of me. Are you scouting out a squad for next year? No, I know you're asking that on Reese's behalf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's already been uh, tapping guys on the shoulder. So, no, I, I haven't chosen it, uh, what I want to do. I just I just know I'll be there playing. But yep. it just, Good. I, yeah, I, I, that way I don't have to turn up every single Wednesday night because one of the things as an A grader is even when it's hailing, you're still there on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And even when you're hurt or injured, you're still there on a Wednesday yep. to, um, you know, see the guys or get treatment or do whatever. You still front up. Whereas uh, next year, if it's hailing, I can potentially. Um, Sit at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about um, Casey's barbecue? Really rival Adam's barbecue. I don't think anyone can beat Adam or Bash. They're the, the two mm. best who have ever done it. Um, and also, um, uh, Adam is the best at making sure people pay. And I guarantee <laughs> you uh, the club would be losing money if I was running the barbecue. Yeah. What about just free market enterprise, you know, really push Adam to the next level with a bit of competition? Well, true, true. Could could roll out like a coffee cart or something like yeah, that. Yeah, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't mind Take a, it up a level. Wouldn't mind a latte on the, on the, on the sidelines <laughs> before the game. Take my coffee machine to matches. Uh, make a killing, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Well, talk us through this season for uh, for us, Case. How did it compare to the... Um, to your previous, like, you know, trophies? You've obviously... You've won everything... There is to when you've seen how many, well, at least six, may, well, no, seven major trophies. 
um, cups and leagues. How did this mm. team compare to the previous ones that you've played in? It's it's really interesting because the this team was probably the best squad. So rather than just a team, it's probably more about the squad. Probably the best squad that we've had assembled in terms of quality. Um, and I um, I said this when I told the fellas I was going to step down, that when um, I, I approached Tony, um, so uh, back when I finished school, I worked at the casino for a couple of years, as Tony Radich, yeah. our, uh, our former coach, still does. Um, and I knew he was a football lover, and so we used to sort of banter about that, but obviously he was a smoker too. And mm. at the casino, you can't leave the casino once you're in the building for security reasons. Um, so anyone who smokes has to smoke in this internal room. <laughs> And, of course, that's not a room I was ever going into. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, I couldn't breathe for days after being in there. But one one night I went in there and Tony knew something was wrong because he's like, why would Michael Case yeah. do this? Why would he come and sit in here with me? And I just laid it on the line. I said, we've got a great bunch of blokes who um, – uh, fantastic people and they can play a bit but they've got no mongrel in them and that's literally what Tony Radich mm. is uh, is, the, is the best at it so I said can you come and um, look after a bunch of blokes and help them win something um, and, and that's kind of what he said about so he just kicked them into gear he'd yell at them scream at them and they just what some uh, soft silver spoon Pembroke kids needed <laughs> um, to get them over the line and, and, and win, a, win a trophy so this year um, by comparison, um, one of my favourite things was in the uh, the 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 well, it wasn't it ended up being the last game of the season, but the game where we won it, the clincher, round sixteen yep. against Uni White, yep. um, we were four 0 up, and Uni White were running back towards goal. It was only just over the halfway line, but Henry um, made um, a yellow card tackle, which was really just grabbing yeah, the professional guy, foul, and, yeah, yeah, professional yeah. foul, pulling the guy back. Great, great foul, and most guys wouldn't think to make it at any stage and they definitely wouldn't make it at 4-0 up they wouldn't take the yellow but that's just ingrained in him and that's what you want in a defensive midfielder so I looked at that and went well that's perfect that's like the bookends of what I wanted to see like we've got mongrel in the team now we've got so like more than half our guys literally have mongrel mm. seething out of them so I know that we're, we're just going to win more trophies with that group so I thought that was a great way for me to step down and now I've seen the um, so it's Henry's fault you're stepping down the evolution yeah exactly <laughs> blame it on him no no just the evolution. So, in some ways, how do they compare? That's probably the biggest yeah. thing. Better, better squad, um, more of what you need to win trophies in you. Do you think this team loves to win more or hates to lose more? Mm. I don't. I don't actually know the answer to that question. But what, what I would say was the, the the initial teams didn't know either. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like they, we, we loved playing and we loved um, we loved winning, um, but we we probably weren't. Um, uh, serious enough back then We probably weren't experienced enough back then um, And also there weren't many guys Who'd ever come through um, uh, Club system yep. So most had come directly out of school cool. So they'd never been ingrained In that way of win or die mm -hmm. uh, That you have at club um, So I would say there's, there's a lot more Club players in our system now And so it's just a, a natural evolution again It was funny like we said about Tony Radich um, At the pub after we beat Uni White that night you were talking about. He was chatting to Liam Hunt and he asked Hunt, how many goals did you score this year? And Hunt said six or whatever. And I think Hunt admit, like Hunt knows that he could have jagged a few more. And then Tony was really laying into him and saying, oh, I want 18 <laughs> goals from you next year. I want a goal a game next year. And Tony said, <laughs> Tony goes, I'm going to be out there and I want you to score 18. And if you don't score 18, I'm going to be disappointed. Like that. That's And, and you know what? 
I would not put it past Liam Hunt to, to go and yeah, no to, to use that as motivation for next year. So I think that's that's the thing. That we're always pushing and we're always trying to just get better. And I think back. To, I think well, yeah. What did, what did you say? What, what's the goal for next year? Oh well, I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah. On what you said, I think a strong team um, breeds success because yeah. you've got guys who are performing and pushing the other guys to perform. So um, you you raise the bar, and the, the saying is a high tide raises all boats, and yeah. that's effectively what we're doing. So Hunter can't scrap through a season with six goals anymore because he's not going to get picked. Mm-hmm. Um, so eight or ten is the new new benchmark mm-hmm. for someone like that, and you can't go um, and score four in one game against the team who finishes bottom, and then score four for the rest of the season like the goal that really counts uh, um, against the best teams. And that's where someone like uh, Seller, Johnny Kay, was yep. exceptional this year because he had scored one goal in 22 games playing for the A's as a forward, which is not good enough. And it's not like you had 20 assists. Mm. And so I just kept getting stuck into him because I think he was too nice. He was a bit lacking in confidence. He, he didn't really know where he fitted into the team. I was just like, mate, you've got so much skill. Just shoot, like stop yeah. fluffing around because he dribbled three guys and then almost slowed down as he got to the box. So for a couple of weeks at training, I just nailed him. And then one night at training, I was fed up and I just yelled at him all night <laughs> and Dylan just yelled at them both to shoot because they're both so talented and they both just kept putting it top bin so yeah. exceptional and then sure enough he goes on this run of scoring key goals against key opponents like Ross Trevor like you know title winning goals yep. yeah. that really really counted so that's probably the 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 more of a, a, a key element um, having that high tide raising mm. all boats nice one what about um, moving away from this season obviously that was a Pretty proud accomplishment. Uh, what else ranks up there as the proudest moments um, in, in yellow? Proudest moments in yellow. That's an interesting way to ask the question. Mm. Um, <laughs> proudest moments. First first title was huge um, just because I think if if we hadn't done it then, I mean, I'm sure we would have eventually done it, but just get to get the monkey off the back. And I still remember sitting at the pub. It was at least half an hour. I just sat there on my own off to the side in the corner just um, in silence, partly because I was knackered um, (laughs) and partly I was just emotionally knackered and it was just this feeling of relief to have finally done that and to to have won something for a group of guys who most of them hadn't won anything before. And having come through um, playing for Adelaide City where we literally won something every year because that you'd had no choice. Like yep. if you don't win things, you're out of the club. Um, that's the way it was back in the, the, the 90s. Um, so, yeah, just seeing that. For, so that, that was a really proud moment um, knowing that we'd done something. And then probably my other proudest moment, and this comes back to the like what, what the club stands for, which is um, mateship, one club and trophies. This kind of has all three in one. I can't remember if it was two seasons ago, um, but you guys will know the story well and will be able to help me tell it. But I won't name the club we were playing against, but it was at their home ground. And so they should have had a lot more supporters there watching, but didn't. And we decided to all go out <laughs> away. And, yeah. and probably one of the further trips for us, not that you'd never have to travel far yeah. in the collegiate league, but we had to travel a bit. And the A's, thankfully, were sort of playing away again around the corner. But we all decided to go early, get there for the start of the C's game and watch. And it was a key title bout. Whoever won that was yep. probably going to win mm-hmm. the title. And we we stayed as an A-grade team, even though we knew we were going to have to start at three. Yeah. We made a, a leadership decision, um, all the senior players, to say, right, everyone, we're kidding up here. 
So put your boots on, mm-hmm. everything you've got to do um, to get ready, and then we're going to carpool and basically get there, have 15 minutes of warm-up and go on and play our yep. game because we couldn't win the title that year. Anyway, um, so that was a really proud moment because that was the epitome of one club yep. and every title is important and it doesn't matter which grade you play for and you, you just go out and watch and support all your mates. Yeah, that, that was a... That was a I remember that day, and that was a really special thing to yeah. kind of be a part of and watch. And, and you know what? Even little things like um, Ross and Marty playing down in the down in the E's the other week for the last day of the year, and like I went out, Olive went out, Liam Hunt went out. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it was great. Like it it, it does epitomise that one club mentality, and even things like um, uh, last year when you had the the people's team race, the amount of buzz there was. Around that squad, that that is what makes this club super yeah, special. Like yeah. it's it's not just your A grade titles and cup wins. It's celebrating success all the way down. Like whether it's an like an E grade, like you know, jump for the title or Hobbsy and Whitaker getting the monkey off the back when they finally totally. beat that Emmanuel team. Like they're they're some of the real special stories as well. Yeah, and I think having played and coached in lower grades as well. Um, I can say with, well, maybe not for everybody and that's maybe the difference to the A's, but you know, this, you couldn't, you can't say that people in the, in the fives or the sixes don't want to win as much as the yep. A's. It's just maybe they can't run as fast or jump as high, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think those accomplishments are yeah just as, just as special yeah. for sure. What's their relief for you this year? case when we when we won the league oh, totally yeah totally because it's eight years between drinks and also i was still a bit annoyed about last year yeah. um because even though it was pandemic and, and a bit of a change system with the finals set up and whatnot um we missed a real opportunity and I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've always said i don't mind if you make mistakes or i don't mind um if you're not good enough but if you miss opportunities that sucks and and we we were a really good team last year we weren't too different to what we were this year yeah. And I just think the guys didn't realise that with just a little bit more effort and a little bit more uh, grunt in them, they, they probably would have got across the line. And as we know from all of our, our cup matches uh, and, and uh, wins in that, we're actually a really good one-day team. Yep. Um, and so the, that's why the league is so precious, that you are literally the best team over the season, home and away, and that's why they're so hard to win. And cups, as great as they are, we've got some great stories from the cup, they'll never be the same because yep. it, it's just who's best on the, on the day, and we can always get up for that. Um, so yeah, so I think last year was a bit of a disappointment. So if we hadn't won this year, yeah, would have would have been hard. What to changed from last year to this year? Do you think? Yeah, I, well, a few things, um, and uh, I, I've said this to to the two of them, um, and uh, I won't name names. <laughs> uh, so it's not like I'm saying it behind anyone's back. But there are a couple of players last year who used to like to kick the ball long and give it away a bit, um, and it's very hard to win games when you're doing that. And both of them stopped doing it this year, and they were also um, the only two ever present players in our team. Mm. They played all 18 games and both played exceptionally well um, and stepped up a level in their, their leadership and their um, just their attitudes and everything. Um, and I thought they were both exceptional. So, so that makes a big change. Mm. Um, and then just um, goal scoring, prowess. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest thing about collegiate league, that it's still a very, very good level. Um, but you're never going to have like a true number nine or anything like that because yeah. if you do, they'll go and play in PL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we also don't play on the best pitches. Um, yeah. So it is, it is a little bit difficult but we, we managed to put the ball in the back of the net a lot and then the third one is I've always said that to win a title you've got to concede less goals than games generally so yep. about 18 goals maybe up to 20 is the max you can probably concede in a year so our defense this year was what did we do? 12 13 
No, more than I think it was eighteen or something. 18, so 18, it wasn't many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's what I mean. You can't concede yeah, thirty goals, 30 goals and yeah. win a title. It just doesn't happen. Another yeah. one that got the monkey off the back. Um, the 2010 Mercedes game. Ross said you wouldn't want to talk about it, but we're yeah. going to make you talk He's about right. it. He's right. <laughs> George and I weren't there, so you could just just tell us. Yeah, we need. Yeah, like we've <laughs> seen all the photos, we've heard all the stories, but from the man himself, we, we need to hear <laughs> what, how what what it what, what it was like, how important it was, what it meant. Yeah, look, do you know what? There's not a lot to say about it in the sense that I mean, Ross has told the story about how we hadn't beaten them and all those things. Um, and so, so that was probably what made it more special that we'd beaten an opponent we'd never beaten and we ended up w- winning the title out of it. But um, I, I don't actually really even remember the goals. And to be fair, I don't think any of the three were stellar. Mm. I think two were from inside the six-yard box. Like one was a dirty header. One was a like a, a rebound sort of tappy and I can't even remember the third. Like Ross is actually really good at that. I can't remember really any of my goals throughout, <laughs> throughout my time. If you want to know, ask, ask him. So I think it's... It's probably been built into this legend because of people talking about it and um, building it as, as something to, to, to remember. Um, but I, I've seen so many heroic performances from guys in, in all grades um, that are equally as important. We just don't harp on them mm. uh, about them uh, as much. Like Sam Lacey's goal this year um, uh, against uh, Sacred Heart, dribbling the entire team in a key moment after Richard missed a pen. Shout out to Rich. Um, <laughs> you know, the key things like that. Even uh, Lewis, who'd, who'd sort of been languishing in lower leagues, um, uh, really decided to work on his fitness and, and uh, popped up at the end of the game, funnily enough, against Sacred Heart as mm. well, and hit a left foot volley banger. Little things like that. But we've got stories like that all all across grades, like Savory running in um, and having a, mm. a goal-saving slide mm-hmm. across yeah. the line uh, for a clearance. Like There are lots of stories like that, and I, I just think that this one has probably blown up a little bit um, more than it needs to be. Well, there you go. I think the key to having your story immortalised is let Ross see it and uh, let Ross <laughs> tell it to everybody else. A bit like all your goals, mate. I, yeah. I immortalise them for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about that is back in those days, though, they and, and it helped that there were photos. So if yeah. there weren't photos, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the story would be around, but it wouldn't be as yeah. And And I, I honestly can't even remember who took the photos, but they were exceptional. Craig Gerard, I think. Yes, his dad. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that immortalised it because of the reaction of the Mercedes players. But the thing about the league back then is we were all uh, mates. So Ross Trevor, Mercedes, Unley, Pembroke, it was like this group of four and we played against each other every week. There were heaps of guys who'd played 100 plus 200 games and we'd see each other out and have beers. So that mm. Mercedes team had guys like Dave Forster, the, the Silver Fox, Andy Kay, if you remember him, a little angry mm. guy um, who was beautiful. I would have a beer out with him. Geordie Pring, Andre Bondar, um, Arnie Nathan, Rocky Oliveira, who ended up coaching them, yeah. super angry on the sideline yeah. and super angry on the park and would try and break ankles all the time. But lovely, lovely guy. guy yeah. like we always used to see each other out and have beers together so that's probably why it was more special in the sense that we all knew each other and it was just this expectation that someone was going to do something special whether it be me or the silver fox from mercedes Mm. but we'd would be angry in the moment and then afterwards we'd have a beer yeah that's kind of gone out of the league now. Like you don't, like you don't yeah, really yeah. humanize the opposition. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's just one of those things. Like you, yeah, I don't know. When, when did that kind of start to change? It, it, it happened when the, the league sort of changed its structure a bit for, for good and bad reasons. So it's good that the league has grown because it's better quality now. Yeah. Um, but when we sort of went to you know Div One, Div Two, Div Three, we started to bring in a lot of non-collegiate. Mm 
teams, that really changed it because as you've seen with Mercedes and Anneli being in Div 2 this year, it sort of removed that monopoly of teams just having a birthright of being yeah. in Div 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, th- I think, um, yeah, b- back in those days, uh, the the guys who were around at clubs were probably a bit more service-driven as yeah. well. So you don't see as much service in clubs these days. It's not a... Um, an expectation as much with the uh, with the younger generation, yeah. you could say. So the fact that you two run a podcast and do so much for the club is a, is a rarity and very much appreciated. Ah, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Make me go red. Um, I guess on that note, like, were, were there any league wins? Like, so you've won four, oh five, ten, thirteen, eight, uh, and twenty one. Have there been any that have been particularly special that stick out, or they is each star as Loved as the others. No, each star's as as loved as the others. There's there's no difference between them. they're all hard to win. They're all they're all super special and they're all with different guys. And I've always said like individual honours are nice, but you would uh, take a trophy every every day of the week because you know their names are on the back of a shirt now together, and you you're now attached to the club and those mm. people for life and your mates for life. And I think that was probably the nicest thing about winning the league this year that a lot of the guys from the 05, 10 and 13 premiership came out to watch yeah. and that was a really cool thing um, and um, just that 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 permanent love of the club that they're yeah. always watching they're always there we may not always see them but that's why stuff like this is important and what you guys do with the, the Facebook and Instagram accounts it keeps them um, bubbling away in the yeah. background engaged yeah. yeah too easy well um Obviously, uh, we had Ross go on last week, um, as you mentioned, uh, and Ross told a story about how you ended up at the club, um, and I guess we'd, we'd love to hear it from your perspective, see if it matches up. <laughs> yeah, so I had played for Adelaide City for, for all my sort of junior years coming up um, towards into the, the senior ranks, but then I was hitting year 12 and um, uh, decided I should probably take a backward step from from all that for a minute to, to finish year 12. Uh, my wife is a very smart cookie. She has a PhD. Um, I'm okay, but I need to do the work. I can't just uh, scoot by without doing it. So I thought I'd better at least do something uh, so I can perform okay at year 12. So because I stopped playing for Adelaide City and I'd gone from training six times a week, two, three games a week to, 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 to not doing that um, and uh, still eating everything I used used to eat I probably put on I don't know almost 10 kilos towards the back end of year 12 and and after school so I was probably out at about 90 kilos uh, around then I reckon uh, in that in that off season if you like Um, so yeah I I was a still sort of in gold but came to the club and that's where I started but I sort of said if I'm going to play old scholars um, and and not league anymore I may as well have some fun and and play on the field and I was lucky that I'd always spent time on the field and playing at Adelaide City a very ball playing team still had some sort of skills Um, and also I'd always loved running so in Adelaide City pre-season we'd always have to do the work and I'd I'd still try and outrun all the field players much to their annoyment Uh, so yeah that's where I um, came across and, and just wanted to do that but then I had a, a mate called Michael Ewan who didn't go to Pembroke but was the same era as us finished in 2000 and uh, lived with him very loose unit could tell you some stories about him but won't on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> and um, I brought him out to the club as a goalkeeper yep. um, and a mate but mainly as a goalkeeper so <laughs> I could have go to on the field that's yeah exactly um, so that's where that that kind of began but yes uh, knew, knew of Ross Callow because of his sister and knew what he was doing so basically just said oh you know tell me when pre-season is and I'll be there yeah. The rest is history. It is, yeah. It's funny you say that you're uh, swelled up to 90 kilos because um, Ross mentioned that as well, that mm. maybe, maybe you weren't the specimen 
that we, uh, we see before <laughs> us, um, which I'm sure plenty of lads uh, will find comforting. Where did um, where did the when did the triathlon start, and when did the fitness uh, all take off for you? Uh, well, I worked in sport and fit, so I worked for SA Cricket for many years, so I'd always been interested in sport and fitness, uh, and that was kind of my life. So triathlon I've been doing, I don't know, for 15 years or something like that, a very long time. Um, and then uh, from SA Cricket, moved into um, the world of fitness with a fellow I worked with. Yep. We, we um, ran a business together um, in the fitness world, and I'm still in the fitness world now um, as, as a career. So it's, it's, it's lucky. I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I don't have to sit at a desk all day um, so it does help that I get some, some incidental fitness every day from that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and obviously with that, last year we had our COVID-19 lockdown. So mm. Wednesday Night Live became something that we as a club <laughs> all, uh, all look forward to, um, some more than others. <laughs> we're, um, we're, actually, we're actually podcasting out of the Wednesday out of the Night studio, Live yeah, arena. That's right. <laughs> getting cold, <laughs> cold chills down my spine. Um, but how, how did that all come about? Was that your idea or did was that a Steve Mann invention? Or? No, so the, the, the powers that be at the club, the, the old heads, the, the leaders, I suppose, sort of we talked about it because, as you know, fast forward now, yep. we didn't know what it was going to look like. So we thought we might still play, we might not. But the most important thing is keep people together, keep people fit. And then secondary to that, one of the things that we've always talked about for this club is is the mateship element and keeping people together, giving them opportunity to banter. And then underneath that, it doesn't get talked about enough because it's not very sexy. It's just mental health aspects. And we knew that a lot of people were going to struggle with COVID and the pandemic and lockdowns anyway. So we thought, well, let's give them something to do that's a real positive and obviously good for their body, but a bit of fun. So it was all those kind of things wrapped up into one. And then it just became this um, evolution where yeah. people actually jumped on board and loved it because if we tried it for three weeks and that's literally what we said we'll give it a crack for three weeks yeah. and if it sucks and no one does it we'll can it but it just kept going because yeah. people were turning up and enjoying it and we even had people sitting on the couch not doing it but bantering away in the background and that was fun in its own right yeah the other thing with that was like you did your run club like cases uh running training which um reese and i both got into and i saw massive yeah, because I thought I knew about right. Well, <laughs> not I didn't claim to be an expert, but you know I thought I kind of knew what I was doing. But I went from running, you know, moderately quick to very quick. Know, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you ran a sub three minute K in a ten K run, yeah, I, which blew insane. your socks off. Yeah, well, yeah, that, and, and I didn't like you. I kind of didn't know what I was capable of until until I did that. So I think that is one thing that's COVID, that COVID kind of gave all of us. It was a chance to try something new and mm. I, I think not not to harp on about like, your mental health too much but I think that's something that was really important in that time at least for me like mm. that was you know I wasn't really working I didn't really have much purpose in like if you don't have like if you have your job taken away from you you can't you know you don't have soccer to focus on like that was just something to um, give me purpose so that really helped me through that time and it's yeah, kind same. of con continued on yeah um, 100% but yeah, like, and I know Rich. Rich, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked Rich as a runner in a million years, but he was running fast by the end of it as well. He said it's the fittest he's ever been, yeah. and he actually ran a half marathon um, towards coming yeah. out of the, the lockdown. So it was, it was good. 
Yeah, we actually only ran 21 k's, and not, then not. I had to uh, unfortunately tell him that a half marathon was 21.1. <laughs> yeah, so he was a bit upset about that, but um, that's okay. Shout out to Rich. What uh, what's on that note? What's next on your um, on your calendar? What's the uh, what's the training looking like? Good point. Everything gets uh, keeps getting changed thanks to the uh, the yep. COVID regulation. So I'd been chasing Australian qualification um, for triathlon for a few years and had sewn up points for that, and then COVID hit. And then you've got uh, Ironman events that keep getting moved and different things. So there, there's always stuff on the calendar. I've got a few events next year in Geelong and Melbourne and, and Cairns that are supposedly on at half iron distance, but we, we don't know. So we just keep saying to people, you never know when your next event is. So yeah. go in whatever you can and race whatever you can, have fun whatever you can. And the same with soccer, we never know when yeah. the season's going to get cut short or postponed or changed like it did this year as well. So yeah. so keep turning up. And then even further, that you never know how many games you've got left in yourself because unfortunately guys have work and families and uh, injuries and whatnot so so you're a long time retired play play as much as you can and on that on that special uh, piece of information to drop on you fellas a bit of announcement mm. a big name coming back to the club next year interesting announced it at the rap party he was at the rap party I think I know, you know who, it who is? I'm talking oh. about you is want to take Mr. a guess Mr Kim Butcher? Kim Butcher Mr Kim Butcher is coming back to the club next Huge. year to play um, and he's uh, specific words to me were I'm coming back but it's your job case to make me accountable and make me come back which is why I'm dropping it on the pod there you go. everyone knows that he's definitely coming back <laughs> next year and he can't uh, run away from that because it's immortalised in the podcast he, he played for you didn't he Racy last year he played one game for, or two <laughs> games for me and he was outstanding and like it was funny because I, I had a young team and no one knew who he was <laughs> and um, I, he hadn't played for a long time but I kind of had to, to let the guys know I was like oh <laughs> oh, we got a good one. <laughs> He's all right. There was a chant that went around at the uh, at the rap party of "Who's that guy?" <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> there so was only probably uh, the best defender the club has ever had. Uh, sorry, Rich. Shout out to Rich. Yeah. Um, and uh, a dual premiership winning A grade captain, three time best and fairest too. There you go. Maybe four. But just on that, do you know what? I love that. And I'll tell you, uh, this wasn't on my, I know you're going to ask about funny stories about the club. This wasn't even on the list. But mm. um, this year, uh, I was having a chat with a few of the guys at the C grade. And um, Pablo came up um, and said, G'day. And I said, oh, yep. G'day, how are you? How'd you go today? And they're like, Oh, we lost 8 0 or whatever they lost that week. Um, and um, uh, he said, uh, I obviously knew his name. And he said, Oh, and who are you again? I said, Oh, I'm, I'm Michael Case. And I was standing next to, I think, Tommy Haywood and Daniel Fenton at the time. Um, and they sort of sniggered and like, oh, <laughs> and I, I was like, I love that that he had no idea who I was, and I love that guys had no idea who Kim was because it just goes to show that we don't actually care about a lot of that stuff. And you read out my list at the start. No, most guys who are new to the club wouldn't know or care. It just means you've got to keep proving yourself every year, and you've got to yeah. show up. And and uh, you can't rest on old glories or your laurels. You've got to keep supporting the club. You've got to keep playing. You've got to keep servicing the club, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, also, I think um, if you were a shitty bloke as well, no one cares about how many Div 1A titles well, you've won. That's, or that's something that the footy club, boy, when we did our All Things King yeah. podcast, they, they did make a very good point that at their club, there used to be a real culture of if you're a you know a great player, a lot of people just thought they were better than everyone mm, else. There wasn't totally. that one club mentality. And something that they've really tried to change has been that one club thing, which, you know, that we've always... Had but in terms of yeah, so like you play A grade, 
so what? It just means you're better than you're a little bit better at sport yeah. than yeah. someone else. It doesn't mean that you're a better bloke. Like, and, exactly and that's that. and I don't know if I can use this word, but it was the um, you haven't sworn yet. So the, well, I'm going to do it here because it's something that <laughs> we've. It's that's really important. The no dickhead policy. Yeah, hundred percent. And that that has been a big thing at our club. Like if you know that that's just the one mantra. I can count on my hand, uh, and obviously I wasn't here for the first three years of the club, but um, the, the number of guys that have sort of moved on from the club that we've yeah. sort of had to ask to mm-hmm. move on, it just doesn't happen. It's yeah. so rare um, because we really have that. And look, the, the footy club, that, that was probably one of the biggest instigators and, and a big change at the club. So uh, there's a few, obviously a few key moments, like Dave Barrett obviously starting yeah. and then Ross Callow basically yeah. continuing it going. But then when we got our own change rooms, that was big. Tony Radich coming to the um, club, huge, and then the golden generation of Fenton and all that yep. mm-hmm. big because not only did they bring quality um, and growth, um, but they also um, like retention. Like we kept them for yep. years and they've serviced the club. And so they've done so much like treasurer committee yep. members. Yep. And then obviously Fenton taking over the entertainment was a real cultural aspect. But then a big thing is the, the feather sponsorship. So I, I remember um, we used to team up with the footy club and um, go to their nights at the Kensington club and, and wherever they happened to have a sponsorship or club rooms at the time. And I've, I've never felt more embarrassed or disrespected um, by them when Tony would try and stand up and read out the results of the day um, and it, it wasn't any one person it wasn't the club's fault they just didn't know any better and so that's where I said well I'm taking us away from you guys you just want us for, for the dollars over the bar so I went to the, the feathers and it's not the feathers as you all know it now with the yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it had a carvery inside and a donut <laughs> machine and then outside it had a, uh, a sports bar that probably two guys sat out and drank out every week. And so when we came and said, would you sponsor us? They're like, uh, yes. <laughs> we'll quadruple our, our uh, turnover every week. So it just gave us a place to, to be at home and it really changed um, that that aspect for us. And so we always had this aspect that everyone was welcome yep. and as long as you're a good bloke, we didn't care if you went to Pembroke, we didn't care if you couldn't play. Yep. Um, if you're a good bloke, we'd have you. And, and that was a big thing about our club. Yeah. While we're on a bit of, bit of history, what's, um, you know, I, I feel obliged to ask anyone who's been at the club this long like what is i guess off off the pitch and off the pitch what are the biggest changes um at the club since 20 years ago to now oh massive honestly it's massive and and i think if you had a mount rushmore um of pembroke it would be dave barrett uh, for obviously starting the club, uh, Ross Callow for keeping it alive and doing all the work. I think Adam Steinhardt mm. for the ha- like commercialising the club, yep. if you like, from his business background. Um, so the Havelock deal, the rap party, mm-hmm. um, and he also sort of proved that a president didn't need to do everything. Yep. Um, he was very hands off with all that sort of, sort of stuff. And guess what? The club still ran. Yep. And then Steve Mann obviously just took it to yep. new levels. And, and little things that people won't know, like he's he'll end up with over a hundred grand of grant funding uh, yeah. through. Uh, from the club uh, in his time a lot of money. and I, I've helped him with, with those grants but just the work that he puts in is, next level. is second to none like he he comes to me and, and we'll talk about little things and it's the cream on top that I like to get involved in and that's why I've said someone like Daniel Fenton can exist because of those guys on yeah. Mount Rushmore um, so when the club being run well Daniel Fenton can go away and create a quiz night that runs for five hours with crazy yeah. videos <laughs> um, but if the club's not being run well that would look really weird yeah. and kind of wrong so it's it's um, I would say that uh, 
off off field it's come from this one team where we used to play up near the um the touch footy grounds and we'd get six guys to training to now we have five or six teams we've got all this equipment even things like getting portable goals so we can train whenever wherever pre-season we couldn't do any shooting um until about week seven because we didn't have any goals to, to use so little things like that the guys wouldn't be aware of we'd have one patch that we could train on and when it got you know, disgustingly wet for three weeks. We'd just slide everywhere and get injured and, and whatnot. Little little things like that that the guys wouldn't know. Yeah, one floodlight. Yeah, huge. And then you look at the social aspect, like the fact that we even have a podcast. Like mm. I think that says it all really, doesn't it? So it's, it's, it's huge. <laughs> Did you think we'd look like this back in, like, you know, when you started in... One. No, all I really wanted us to do was um, stop getting the, the crap kicked out of us and win some things <laughs> and have, have some fun um, and, you know, just keep keep having a place to, to play and be successful with good people. But I never expected it to, to, to be like this. Yeah, That's a perfect segue. Um, so that's it for the meaty questions. Are you ready to, to look into the future with us? Load me up. For the next 40 minutes of your life, it's George and all right, we want a prediction on each of the following. A player still to be playing in 15 years. Oh, 15 years. Any grade. Uh, not you, Reese. Um, <laughs> unless uh, medical science uh, improves. Um, some, someone, I feel like someone like Dom Gulliford is going to play forever. Yeah. Like you, you expect me to say someone young. I feel like it's going to be someone like him. Um, Simon Whitaker will play until he's in a coffin, uh, which I think is good as well. And I just think that maybe Cookie has already um, unleashed medical science because those knees are bionic. I'm sure he might keep going forever. Um, I, I would love to say someone like Dragon, um, mm. but I just think if you dribble like the like he doesn't have that much skill and talent, you're going to get kicked all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm. I don't dribble, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's played, why, that's why. Play, well, partly because of crap <laughs> at it, but if you dribble more, you get kicked more. So, uh, yeah. All right, uh, future A's best and fairest. Future A's best and fairest. Uh, Dragon, um, for sure. Um, and I would like to see someone like Gus, um, Gussie as well. It's hard to win him from fullback. Uh, Georgie, I'm sorry to say, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, Dragon in the bag. Um, future president. Future president. Uh, well, I would like to see James Martindale, uh, hopefully next year, uh, take over. I believe Steve is stepping down. Um, and funnily enough, even though I didn't know you were going to ask me this question, mm. I, I always think about these things. I actually think that uh, George Laparitis, uh President George <laughs> Laparitis, under the bus, has, has a good ring to it's it. It's got my vote. Give it a couple of years. A hundred percent. And future A-grade coach? Future A-grade coach. Uh, I don't know if there will be one, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. because will Ross do it for the next 50 years? Maybe. don't know. He's won enough to probably deserve it. Well, he's just got to keep winning. As soon as you yeah. stop winning, there's the, the hashtag callow out. You know, you, it doesn't matter you, who you are. Would you do it? I've been asked that a lot. I've been asked that a lot um, all throughout you know, my time playing, and that's partly because um, I have coached at the club a lot yep. more as an assistant. Like I'll always fill in and do different things. And my background is coaching and personal yep. training and whatnot, so it's what I do for a living. And I've, um, probably the, the problem for me is I've coached a lot of elite squads like international academies and yep. um, state squads and things. Um, you know, I used to coach like someone like Joe Root, who's now the English um, mm. test cricket captain, coach guys like that. Um, and so I'm not great at coaching um, amateurs because A, I might kill them um, <laughs> and, and B, I might be a bit too harsh on them. No, I, would, I wouldn't at my own club at Pembroke. Yep. But um, no, I find that really hard. And also my 
part of me being at Pembroke is to enjoy playing and, yeah. and the social aspect rather than the stress of coaching. I think it's a really tough job and yeah. hats off to the guys who do it at amateur level. Yeah. No, nice fun. one. Yeah. All right. Uh, on but to I'll the say Reese too. But yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think he's developing. Uh, we'll see. For the next 40 minutes of your life, here's George and Reese. Um, okay. I thought about a few little um, club room um, upgrades. And so, Case and I haven't heard these, so this is. Um, this yeah, is so I thought I'd, I'd put them to you guys. You guys just give it a yay or a nay, pretty much. Um, we'll start with a punching bag. Punching bag. Just pre pre game, post game. I've seen I've seen boots. Are you asking for a person that we would use, or you're talking <laughs> yeah. about an actual piece of equipment? I'm an actual piece of equipment just hanging in the corner. I reckon you'd get um, a few blokes in the off season there, rig uh, rig out. Yeah, gloves I'm, on. I'm, I'm more mean like you know, me. Um, you've just conceded in the ninetieth minute. Come back in the club rooms. Oh, for afterwards. Oh, after. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress relief. Or it could work against us, you know, if you're all fired up True. before game. And, and do you know what? That's the best thing about the A's this year, that they've been calm in warm-ups. I used to be able to mm. tell if a team could w- w- win or lose before a game because of whether they were up for it. This year's just calmness because they're just quality players, so they don't need to get uh, amped up. So I would say uh, no. Nay, no, no. No punching nay, bag. Nay, Unless nay, it's nay. a speed ball and oh, then yeah. you get yeah. some fancy stuff up there, but <laughs> no, no no punching bag. All right, well, that's cool. We'll move on to my next, uh, my next brain child. Um, all right, this is a revenue raiser and a practical mm. element. You know when you go to like, um, like the mall or whatever, and there's those like massage chairs that you call, you chuck two dollars in. Imagine getting your team talk from Roscoe while you're getting your, your reckon, lower back work done. I reckon on. John Olive would be stuck on that thing. You wouldn't be able to get him off. Hundred <laughs> percent. He would probably he would probably uh, raise about two grand of revenue. Yeah, he just that. funded so, himself. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. And yeah, he could even slide him out to the touchline as well for um totally fans. Totally. Yeah, for our higher end fans. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, okay. Um, what about a case files anonymous letterbox? Yes. Big yes. Rat out your teammates. Big yes. Oh, well, we need one because um, you're never going to disclose where your office is. <laughs> <are you? laughs> um, all right. So that's a yes. Okay. This is my personal favorite. Um, the away change rooms, you know, are probably underutilized, and the away showers are even more mm. underutilized. The how about show. yeah? How yeah. about a confession booth? Oh, Who wow. are you confessing to? <laughs> I was going to say, who's the priest? <laughs> Sorry, I was late, coach. I'm actually violently hungover. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Uh, who, who's the priest? Who are you oh, confessing I don't to? Know. I, I think you're whoever you answer to typically. So maybe you- Steve Mann. <laughs> I think that already happens. There's a few confessions that come out every Wednesday night when the weather's poor. Oh, sorry, I've got work tonight. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned it on the pod in the past, but um, I once got a text message from a number I didn't have saved. So a player that didn't come out regularly said that they their massage was too hard and they pulled up sore from a massage. <laughs> That's an all-time for new me. One. Um, all right, what about a timeout corner? Oh, we need that. Yeah, we yeah. 100% need Slacky that. Slacky would for live in there. Yeah. I've actually yeah. got in my notes here, Slacky slash Max. Yeah, <laughs> Not Liam Hunt. Yeah. No, Hunt, I don't know. He, Hunt seems to know where the line is yeah. most of the time, most I think. Time. Just tiptoes up to it. He loses it a lot. Yeah, the, the line. <laughs> I think he misplaces the line a lot. Like um, his wallet and phone and keys. And boots. <laughs> <laughs> and boots. Uh, and okay, last of all, um, what about a rooftop and or basement speakeasy? What's a speakeasy? Speakeasy? Don't you know what a speakeasy? Like just a very quiet hidden bar. Um, oh, well, George can't ex- come, obviously. Ex- yeah, <laughs> no. Well, you wouldn't. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, and 100% for that. Only for winning teams. So you get rid of the keg. Would you have to go through like a secret phone booth to get there or anything? <laughs> yeah, or bookshelf. Yeah, huge yeah, bookshelf. bookshelf. Love it. Uh, any ideas you guys got? Uh, endless boot collection for Liam Hunt. Yeah, there's a lot, enough lost and found in there yeah. at the moment, to be honest. Oh, 100%. Well, we Absolutely got the ice crazy. bath thanks to thanks to yeah, Case. Donated that to the club and it was used for the rap party. <laughs> I used it once. Well. It was very good. It was very good. I think Reese is going to. I, I wouldn't mind it for after I had my knee surgery, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. If it goes missing, it's at my house. <laughs> for the next 40 minutes of your life, it's George and Reese. Um, we've got a few would you rathers now, Casey. Um, Should I lead them off? Yeah, you go, mate. All right. So, you know, it's one or the other. You tell us what you prefer. End of season trip or end of season dinner? Ooh, they're both good. End of season dinner, though, because they have become genuine classics. Uh, Night out at the Havelock or Fountain Inn? Uh, (laughs) Uh... I'll say Havelock because they're the current sponsor yeah. and do the right thing by the Political. pod. Shout out to the Havelock. What about the... F- let's throw the feathers in there then. Havelock or feathers? Feathers. There you <laughs> go. Every, every day of the week. Uh, win a cup final or finish on the podium in a try? Uh, cup final. Cup final. And that's the thing about individual stuff. Like, no one cares about it. You can't talk to them about it. You can't sit mm. at the, the bar and go, hey, mm. hey George, how, how, how good am I or how good are you? Um, but one, once you win something together, you're, you're together for exactly life. right. Miss a pen or booked for diving? Uh, oh, well, I know what you're trying to go with here. I'll say booked <laughs> for diving. Never dived in my life. It's called inviting contact. <laughs> um, beat Mercedes or beat Ross Trevor? Uh, probably beat Ross Trevor. Yep. Um, I tried to explain to Ross that he got a bit upset about Mercedes because the era he played, they were really good. Mm. But right. Mercedes didn't actually win anything for the decade of yeah. 2010 <laughs> to 2020 um, and then got relegated. So I sort of said, they're not the benchmark of no. what I'm trying to do anymore. It's probably Ross Trevor. And I actually have probably more scars against Ross Trevor. I remember we were up 3-0 against him one day and lost 7-3. Oh, uh, yeah, that was in the day of Johnny Lascala and Don Mossellino and Big wow. Lars Cruz and guys who just used to beat on us for fun. Adrian DeLoya, Raf Ploiecki, who became CSL chairman. Yeah, he used to. All he used to do was target my ankles. Yeah, right. Yeah. Loved, loved him though. Didn't great bloke. That. Great bloke. Uh, okay, round the keeper or chip the keeper? Uh, well, probably. Um, what do they call it when you rainbow flick the keeper? Um, and shout <laughs> out to David Hannon because I did that to him <laughs> in a penalty shootout in the World Cup uh, in, in Russia. Didn't know uh, you went to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, funny stuff. I could tell you lots of stories I don't about think that. Rich knows you went to the World no, Cup either. No, no, we went. Steve Hannon. In fact, I had to take both Steve and Hannon to hospital while we're at the World <laughs> Cup in Russia for different things. Um, Steve, while we were playing a game of aquaplane football, um, which is like this big yeah. inflatable world that you play football cool. and skid the ball across, he took a kick to the chin and totally split his chin open. So that was a good trip. And then the second one was Hannon the night before the World Cup final we'd had a good night out obviously pretty excited about to see the biggest game of our lives and just as we're going to bed we're playing our last song of the night which is um, Gimme 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 uh, A Man Before Midnight <laughs> we were on well before it became popular again but we, we obviously sang it to Steve yeah. Mann every time um, and uh, we hear this massive crack and it was Hannon's head hitting the ceiling fan so Blood started to flow. We're like, what do we do? Put him in the shower just to sort of wash his head off because there was so much blood to work out where the actual cut was Mm. and what we were doing. And then one of the other guys who was travelling with us, not not a part of Pembroke, but just said, no, he'll be right, sleep it off. Um, And we're kind of glad we didn't do that because we had to take him to the hospital and get stitches and he lost a lot of blood just on the way to hospital. 
But there was a moment where Steve Mann and I were genuinely sitting in the hospital together at about three o'clock in the morning going, what happens if they say he has to stay overnight for observation? Because there's two things. <laughs> Firstly, we're going to the World Cup final no matter what. But what about Hannon? Like, are we going to have to break him out of a Russian hospital and take him, <laughs> and take him to the game? So thankfully, they released him and uh, he uh, had a, a massive amount of bandages around his head. And then at the actual World Cup final, because they have all the ambos there yeah. uh, surrounding the stadium, we went to them and said, can you can you redress his head? <laughs> so good. <laughs> which, they, which they did for us. So that was quite nice. That's so good. So that's amazing. Um, beer pong tournament win or Russell Shroud medal win? Oh, yes. I, I, that's probably of all, the, both. of all the things I'm proud of. Um, beer pong uh, win, mm. that, was, that was huge. Um, and, uh, but Russell Shroud is, is a very special thing. And I, I suppose the, the big Russell Shroud players were um, Kim Butcher, mm. um, probably one of the, the all-time greats, and David Barlow, who most people have oh, forgotten. Oh, yeah, I know Barlow. So yeah. the three of us would – Almost kill each other um, each time that came out. Yatesy has the quickest. I've I've literally got a video of my phone of him in three point <laughs> nine seconds. But he'd never participated in the Russell Trail Medal. Oh really? So I think if it was there, he he would have a crack. But the thing about it is, it's not how quick you can go once; it's how you can go over the night. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Dave Dave Barlow was probably the best at that. In fact, um, just like on the club and mateship, we've all been in each other's weddings and um, you know parties and and twenty firsts and mm. all these different things throughout the years. Uh, um, Dave Barlow actually was the anesthetist for the birth of our son. Oh, yeah, no yeah, yeah, which was <laughs> hilarious. And so he bantered me by wearing a Liverpool scrub cap um, <laughs> during the birth and then um, took my phone while it was happening to take photos, which was great because yeah. I'm obviously trying to do the right thing and su- support Ree. Yeah. Um, so he, that was really nice of him to do that. But then I checked my phone afterwards and he'd taken selfies of himself. <laughs> uh, so but still very professional. So don't, no that. misconduct charges against Dave Barlow. Very, very happy with the service that's classic okay what about clear the ball off the line or a clutch tackle uh clear the ball off the line unless the clutch tackle is just clean all ball and then you maybe the the opposition player spends a little bit of time on the ground you don't want to hurt them <laughs> but they they feel it let you know them know I mean. you're there yeah, yeah um would you rather win as an unused sub or draw and play 90 minutes Oh, win is an unused sub every mm. day of the week. And I know a lot of guys play because they want to play their 90 minutes, but I think um, you epitomised that this year, George. You were what the club stands for and that you spent a lot of time on the bench mm. um, and we're, we're happy to be a part of a championship because I think that's that's way more important. And my year was a bit different because I said to Ross at the start of the year, I'm happy after a back injury to, to spend time on the bench and it's one less player you've mm. got to rotate or think about or anything like that. Um, but no, I think... Um, uh, sit on the bench and, and, and win if the team is winning. If you're bottom of the table and it's your only win yeah. of the year, then maybe you'd probably want to get on the yeah. get on the field. Yeah. All right. And this is probably the only question you have to think about. So um, take your time. Vodka and steak night with Steve Mann or brisket and craft beer with Marty Martindale? Oh. Wow. Because <laughs> I'm going to upset someone uh, here. Um no matter who I choose, I I would have to go um, with Marty based on the fact Whoa. that I've never, ever uh, had a sit down with him. I've had many with Steve. And in fact, we because we, uh, he's one of the only bike riders at the club, we, we go for rides together. And we'll probably go for a ride together this week. So I get a lot of time with him. I know you two yeah, just yeah, 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 bike yeah, yeah, riders. Yeah. So yes, we will get out together. But uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably choose that. But also based on the fact that Marty is a better cook than Steve. 
for oh, sure. Yeah. The brisket. I've yeah. had it. Yeah. It's unreal. It's good. Yeah. 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 And I, I have I have had literally, don't know if you know, but we went to the World Cup. <laughs> uh, Steve and I have been out for vodka and caviar in Russia. So, you know. There you go. That is very Steve Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the next 40 minutes of your life, it's Georgia Breeze. Roscoe actually just messaged me 30 minutes ago, so I might just hijack this, Reese. Um, he said to ask you about the Soccer Boy article and your friend called Carl. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> I thought we'd get away with the podcast without doing that. Nah. So I'll, I'll, I can't tell the whole story yeah, obviously, in this podcast. But um, Steve uh, had moved out of home and were, were, he was living with a couple of ladies. And this is well, you know, a long time ago, well before my, uh, my, my wife. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I met uh, a, a couple of the ladies who, who he was living with. And um, one of them happened to uh, be at Adelaide University mm. and write for the university paper. Um, and as much as I can't tell the content that was in there, um, uh, she wrote an article about me <laughs> and described me as soccer boy. Uh, oh, so Jesus I didn't know <laughs> this had ever been written. So a lot of friends uh, who were at uni obviously found it, read it. The soccer club found out about it. Um, so <laughs> this that that sort of became folklore, and thankfully it's died down. Does, now. It, does the article still exist? I think people still have it. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of mates who still have it electronically. Interesting. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I've removed it from all hard drives. But that, you know, that was back in the day when stuff like that could happen, and it was a bit of fun. It was before social media yeah. as well. So stuff like that these days would probably uh, spiral out of control and be a lot worse. And mm-hmm. people would uh, jump in and comment on it. That's probably the worst thing yeah. about social media. So that that was actually ended up just being a fun story. Like it was, if if anything, it painted me in a nice picture, and it was a bit of a. Um uh, you know, sour aspect because there were two housemates and I sort of chose one over the yeah, other. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Didn't get chosen, wrote an article about it. And Steve Mann, Marty, all over again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Shout out to Steve. Um, and who was Carl? Uh, I can't mention that part. Right. Carl, Carl was not a person. Um, oh, okay. I, I, pl- I played cricket with a, with a, a West Indian test player called Carl Hooper um, and we immortalised him at the club. Um, yeah. Uh, but I can't. I can't say. No, that. that's fine. I can, I can sort of tell a story no. about back, back in those days where I remember I was out one night and um, I had been talking to this girl and we were going home to play. Uh, I can't remember if it was chess or checkers, um, and uh, drink some lemonade. And so <laughs> we jump in the cab, and an, uh, her housemate um, jumped. She jumped in the cab as well, and then another guy jumped in the cab, and I won't say his name, um, but he played for Mercedes, um, and so we're like. It's you, it's you. And like we obviously knew each other. Classic. So we spent the whole way home back to their house somewhere down, I think it was at Glenelg or something, literally chatting about football the whole way home. <laughs> the two girls hated it. They're like, I thought you were coming home to play chess with us. And we're like, no, no, we're, we're talking football. And so we got out the the, the cab, um, all went inside together and we said to each other, okay, mate, we'll see you in a couple of weeks when we play each other. Um, and then went off and played chess. So um, yeah, that was, you know, again, back in the early days of the league when it was a bit more fun. Um, and he also said to ask about the origin of the Russian Russell Shrail medal. Because um, I don't think that's actually been spoken about 
on the pod. Yeah, on the pod. Oh, no, it probably has. I think some guys have sort of attempted, but yeah. what happened was back in back in the, the early days of soccer at the school for the for the juniors, they would train out of Haslam Oval. Mm. And the boys' boarding house um, there on Haslam Oval had these little lock-up sheds underneath, but they were mm. like these little hobbit holes. Yeah, it's where the um, water pilot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, exactly, next to the where the pool was. So you'd go through this little hobbit hole to go in and get the balls and pump them up and any equipment. And one day I was in there setting up for training and there was always other bits of junk in there. Um, and I just found these medals. And they were these beautiful, thick, strong yeah. silver medals. Like not, you know, the cheap stuff you get these days. I was like, these are worth like 50 bucks each. Um, you know, and in, in 2000 prices, that's like a million dollars. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, clearly the date was years gone. So mm. no one wanted them. They were lost. And so I, I, I took a couple of them um, and it just... I don't know how the idea came about, but we just had a lot of uh, good guys at the club. We'd always go out together. So mm. we didn't have a social coordinator back in those mm. days like, you know, you guys uh, dominate with now. We would just go, oh, Let's. we're all going out Saturday yeah. night and we'd, we'd catch up together and that was amazing. Um, but then we'd, we'd have beers and occasionally we'd um, have a few, few, few drinks that would lead to, uh, you know... The, a boat race or something mm. like that um, and so that's how I said well this medal can be our, our drinking medal and that's where the, the rules came about obviously responsibly um, and uh, it, it was uh, Russell Shrail's Pembroke School Year 8 Backstroke second place medal I think something like that um, and that that became immortalised as our drinking medal poor bloke where is the medal up there's rumours it's going to get framed. It is. It's in the club rooms now. It is framed. Oh, is it? Oh, is that the um, original? Yeah. So, no, it's not the original. So, I had two. The the absolute original with the engraving of his name on it, uh, I think, has been lost into eternity. But mm-hmm. I had a spare. Oh, so, yeah. So, but it's still going to be named after him. For the next 40 minutes of your life, it's George Brees. All right. Without further ado, let's go on to your five-a-side team. Um, so... I think the plan was at least one player from every league win. One player from every league win. Okay. I think the uh, hard part is there are some honourable mentions. Probably Dave Barrett uh, mm. is one of the best to play with. Ben Young, even like Tommy Haywood and Dan Fenton. He's a specimen, Ben Young. Oh, still is. Will Jesus. always be. Um, absolutely beautiful man too. Um, like Tommy Haywood and Dan Fenton played with them for many years and I don't think they get enough credit for like carrying the water as I like to say it, like the defensive mm. stuff, mm-hmm. the boring stuff. Um, and Liam Fenton, probably hard to Ooh. miss out. Um, exceptional player and also Ramon Bartholomew's. But um you know, easy for Liam to dominate when you got uh, Ramon on your wing, yeah, yeah. playing behind you for 200 games. And also Moz Sandry mm. and his family, um, all of them would come out. So from every win, you'd have probably Russell Clark. Um, He's made a few, Russell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just serious talent. Um, weighed about 30 kilos, so could turn <laughs> any, anyone and make us all look silly. Then I'd probably have uh, Kim Butcher, because yeah. he's played in Three, two or three, um, and the three he's played in. Three, yep. So the best uh, defender the club has ever had. Sorry, Rich, but I feel like Rich will probably overtake him if he keeps going on the mm. on the uh, direction he's going. Uh, James Walker, I think, has yep. played in two, um, and then I would be hard to pick Gilby or Liam. 
Mm. By the way, I'm not picking myself in the team, so yep. I'm picking five other guys. Yep. Gilby or Liam, uh, if it was genuine five-a-side, like close yep. quarters indoors, Liam Fenson every day of the week, yep. the most skillful mm-hmm. close quarters battle guy you've ever seen, um, Gilby needs space to run. Yep. So if it was bigger pitch, you know, maybe futsal than, than Gilby. Um, and then of the current crop, Sam Lacey, probably yep. the most talented, best player to ever play at the club when he chooses to. <laughs> yeah, that's, so good that's a good it. five. I reckon that would pit Roscoe's. Yeah, yeah. I reckon Rusty's been picked in a lot. Rusty, Rusty and Leo, yeah, Leo are, as well. uh, are, are most uh, featured in the uh, in the five-a-side spectrum. And deserved from Leo too. Um, most And the way we count games at the club, hard for someone like him because he genuinely does play two games. I get that we don't yeah. count other people for two yeah. games because they might play 60 in one game and 10 off the bench in another. Good. But for Leo, genuinely playing almost two games every week. He's probably oh. played 900 by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that that pretty much does it from us, I guess. From you, it's um, can you like? Are there any stories that we've missed out on, or that you anything you want to talk about? I got I got stacks, but yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. go for longer uh, because um, we, we've gone enough. I'll, just a, a few shout outs. I think mm. a big thing about the club, and this is part of why we've been so successful, is the lower grade legends. So people like Dom, Gulliver and Bash and, and Chinny and New Reese and Sean Lee and Harry Smith and Wits and Cuts and even people like Matt Wiley and now mm. people like Cookie, I think they're a big part about why this club is so successful because they, they hold the club together and, and do can the, I the Can I just work. say something on yeah. that? Um, if anybody has a not, – not even if you have a spare minute, um, Cookie made a Facebook post – about a week ago, I would highly recommend you go read it. That, that's what I'm going to say. But I would, yeah, highly recommend his, that you go read it. On his, on his personal Facebook? Facebook. I, uh, I think he that. tagged the POS players group in there. Yeah, I'd, I would highly recommend you go read it. It was, uh, it was a really nice post and a really important post, I think, on why we do a lot of the things that we do. That, that's all I'll say on it. Hmm. But, yeah. Nice. Big, fan yeah. Big fan of his. Big fan of his. Yeah, and, and that's why those guys are special because I think Cookie brings a lot of leadership mm. and, and love and passion. And guys like Chinny, same sort of thing. And Uri, I've always said the hardest thing to do at the club is coach the bottom team and then probably the Bs. Mm. Um, like they're the two hardest jobs outside of maybe squads manager. And so it really does mean a lot that, that we just have guys that want to turn up and, and represent. And I think they're really important to why we've been able to keep four and five and six teams going going mm. for so long. So big shout-outs to them. And I think a lot of them would be fantastic to have on the on the, the pod yep. as well. Well, yeah, anyone you want to call out, future guests? Oh, I don't think you'd understand Cookie, so we may have to get an interpreter <laughs> if we got him on. But there are heaps of people interstate and, and former players to – Newen is one of the funniest fellas you are likely to meet, so he'd be fantastic. And I'd love you to do some phone co- uh, hookups and have yeah. you know, him on together. And people like Pete Cushway. In yeah. fact, if I had to pick a five-a-side team that was like about winning and fun, it'd be Hannon, without a doubt, probably uh, Ramon Evan Lorenz Bartholomew's. Evan Lorenz, remember that? His real name isn't actually Ramon. No, is that right? but Evan Lorenz, Lorenz is yeah, his, his main names. Uh, probably Pete <laughs> Cushway or Sam Newman, uh, Dan Goldsworthy and James Ford. That'd probably be my father side winning because yeah so some of those they'd be all great to get on there there was a question on the instagram of which div 4 slash div 2b goalie from 2011 slash 
to, to 2013, do you regret not being able to play more games with? <laughs> that was just a random question that popped up. Yeah, I know who that is, but at least he's in the side now. At least um, he's in the side now. Shout out to Hannah. No, that was no, uh, no. two. That was two new. Oh, two new. Oh, to, sorry, two new. Oh, four yeah. slash div two. No, B he still goalie. banters me on uh, Instagram now. He actually made a little collage of photos for me when I, I announced that. that I was retiring. <laughs> I yeah, that. yeah. Um, uh, Mitch Dunn also asked, "How are you?" We so. I look forward to playing uh, more minutes with the, with the Duns. And um, Tom Roberts, 23, um, who I think might play for the footy club. Mm-hmm. He asked, what are your thoughts of Draga? Uh, he, he was nicknamed my son because he was, you know, I'm twice his age. Um, and I could not be prouder to, to have him as my son, uh, <laughs> obviously metaphorically. Uh, and I've always said about people, if, if you know, if I, if I had a daughter and they, they said, oh, this is the guy I want to marry, you'd be happy if it was someone, either of you two blokes, you're way too lovely, but someone Stop like it. Dragon, you'd be, you'd be very happy with that. It wouldn't cost you? me a bit of money though. But just on that, that, that is a great that is a great element of the club that he's obviously worn these crocs out and you've said every goal you score, because he, he just didn't score in his first year and we were getting a bit annoyed about it. And you said, every goal you score, I'm going to buy you a pin for your crocs. That, you know, put George uh, out of pocket by about 100 bucks, but it was a great little story for the A's this year each time it went the, in. Those rainbow crocs were like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they are fair. Something else. He should get a sponsorship, surely. Oh, I, I tagged Crocs Australia in the <laughs> in the in the post, uh, Instagram, but um, no response. Next, next podcast is brought to you by Crocs. Yeah, Crocs Australia. Um, I guess. Uh, what about the future for Young Rory? We got a Pembroke Old Scholars player on our hands, or totally. Well, uh, uh, Ray and I work out how to afford the twenty-seven grand a year for for tuition first, and then once <laughs> we've sorted that out, yeah. Look, I've got to play for at least another eighteen years, don't I? Um, yeah. and copy the the Haywoods and. And some others who who've uh, been around and, and and played. So yeah, I think that's that's the idea. Uh, Wits obviously um, yep. had mm. little Lando. Mm. Um, so the plan is to have um, a, a two man forward line play, maybe like a four four two. Love it. Um, and have a have a big and uh, big and short uh, <laughs> kind of forward line working off each other. <laughs> I love like the, the next stage of this club is going to be pretty special. Yeah, the like, next gen, the next generation, like all the kids and all the parents. We'll have to pop some out, Georgie. Not yet, mate. <laughs> that was that's been the best thing watching that grow, and we always talked about it um, how the club would would adapt, and we said, well, we're still actually really young, um, so now that we have lots of guys with with kids, and we have that starting to come through, it's the club started. has changed as well. So we we laugh about things like the Russell Trail, but that's because none of us had kids, or only yeah. a handful did. Like yeah. Pete Cushway would have kids, and they that you know, as you've heard, they've they've got lost in chocolate machines, and uh, <laughs> they used to come out training and run around and all that sort of stuff. But now everyone has them. There's less of that culture and we're not a drinking culture we're actually a really inclusive culture which has been fantastic so that will continue to evolve and change and even things like you know an over 35s team i've always been firmly against that because i've said if you take out all the old Mm. guys from all your teams it falls apart because you you lose the leadership and you lose the culture um but if it brings guys back Back to the club who've left then that can happen so i think we're almost at that stage now with guys like kim putting up their hand to come back like uh, i know that uh bernie might come back Mm. too and if he comes back, Cam Retallick will definitely come mm-hmm. back because they do everything together. <laughs> uh, shout out to those two. Um, but that's probably where we're at now. We can bring back a lot of guys and say, well, you don't have to play every week. You don't have to train. You can literally play six games in a year and that would be fantastic to have you mm. and that can be a, a sixth yeah. team. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then we don't lose anyone from, from high grades. It's funny on Pete Cushway. I was in Cairns studying and one of the dental nurses comes up to me and goes, do you know Michael Case and Ross Callow? I'm like, 
yeah, I played with like I played soccer with them. Like I played with Ross. Was, I'm Pete Cushway's wife. Oh wow! Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I think she like saw my Facebook or something. That's sure, crazy. All my mutual friends were from. Yeah, so he's been living up in Cairns for that long, and his wife Vicky, happened, <laughs> like who's lovely, was a dental nurse at. Um, Jeez. So yeah, the the power of POS. Yeah, transcends state waters. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. it always will. And I think yeah. it's the, the best thing. We we rarely lose players to any other club. Um, True, it's yeah. almost mm. you, again you can count them on one hand. Guys who've left, and then there are ones who've left because they've actually genuinely got friends or family yeah. they want to go and play with. So I'm not counting them, but people who've just left to go to another yep. club doesn't happen. Very rare. Um, Very and mm-hmm. especially once you've been to a rap party, you never go anywhere else. Let's hope we've got a few more of those up our sleeve. Yeah, exactly. Next right. year. Cool. Anything right. else from you, Case? Or thank you very much, gents. Absolute pleasure, and uh, let's hope we can uh, revisit this pod in another twenty years' time for number two, part two. Let's yeah, hope so. All right, that's all from us this week on Conversation with Canaries. We'll um, see you soon. <laughs>